Scanlon Talks, where we discover the future of fashion, art, and music. Scanlon is a co-creative agency, and with this podcast, we explore the creative industry together with creators from Amsterdam and beyond. Today, I'm here with Monet, or the plant mom. Welcome. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, give us a little bit, a uh, little bit of an elevator pitch, maybe, but uh, who you are, where you're from, and mm-hmm. what you're all about. Okay, uh, my name is Monet. I'm from New York City. I came here and I started Plant Mom, which is a platform for um, not only just myself to give workshops and help people build a a bit more confidence within plant care, um, but also for other people uh, to explore different uh, ideas or um, different activities within plants. So, okay. so far, that's what I've got. Um, I also um, have my own organic fertilizer as well as um, non-pesticidal insecticide. So not only do I create a service, but I also have products as well as consultations and such to help people with their plants, stop killing nice. their plants. <laughs> and how did you get into plants in the beginning? Um, I just bought a plant one day. Uh, I had moved into a new apartment with my first apartment in Harlem. And I had these nice bright windows. I was walking past, it was a summer day in like uh, June or so. And I was walking past the Home Depot, which is like a big box hardware store, the Home Depot. And I bought a plant. And I think my mom still has that plant to this day. So still alive. Yeah, yeah, I think. I don't know. That's quite the achievement for a first plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And since then, I just started buying more plants. I got into it. Uh, Most of those plants kind of just died, but um, I really enjoyed the process. I enjoyed like taking care of them. I enjoyed uh, learning about them um, and everything. Yeah, surrounding it. Yeah, I can relate. And I think that's also why we uh, invited you because I have a bit of a plant addiction as well. I think up to like 40 (laughs) or 50 plants at home. I just keep buying them. Yeah. Um, You can have some little cacti here. Thank you. It's it's actually, I think it's a euphorbia. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's like a ghost cactus. But yeah. We can talk about. I think that. we got some prettier. We got to get some prettier pots, though. They're not that nice. It's alright. It's alright. <laughs> but it'll do. <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, plants have, plants have become obviously quite fashionable lately. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think that is? Why, you know, the young people all of a sudden buying plants left, right, and center? Like, um, what's the deal? Well. I read an article in the Financial Times, I think it was published in about 2016, um, about why millennials, our generation, is are buying plants at such a crazy rapid uh, speed or rate. And um, it's really... Be- breaks down to two things. One, we can't really afford uh, children or we're not really at that point in our lives. It's like so, practice. Well. Yeah, it's like practice, um, as well as not having access to gardens or balconies. Um, a lot of people live in cities and it's only growing the amount of people living in cities. So how do we continue to connect to what like nature is? Um, and that really came within plants. But plants have always like come into style, go out of style, come into style. Um, like in all of the magazine covers in the 70s you have like macrame uh, or, uh, planters and um, all uh, yeah spider plants and all of these plants that we see now today so I think it's just a trend kind of uh, coming back but do you think it's here to stay I think it's here to stay um, I think it's a trend that's not that goes beyond like house plants but more so how people are connecting with it um, you're seeing large companies like Google and Amazon they're building these massive facilities 
full of plants um biophilic design or biophilic architects are becoming like um more um uh, more people are aware of what they do mm -hmm. and how they can affect not only uh, how you feel uh, your stress level but also how you are productive um and that's really important if you if you want like a productive team you know get some plants in there people yeah. are gonna like and, and it builds like a community you know people name their plants in the office like hey hey you know did you water fill yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> um, but it just it creates that kind of community yeah yeah um, I think that's why we're so productive you know? yeah I mean it's definitely right these <laughs> prickly things <laughs> yeah. um yeah but can you expand a bit more about what biophilia biophilic living um, really is yeah so biophilia is actually based on a hypothesis that humans are attracted to living things and it's not specifically like trees or plants or anything but things that are alive um which is can be true uh, it's a hypothesis so it's not a factual thing but mm -hmm. um this is is it's been taken to um different different realms over the past several years where people are not only having like plant shops but everything is like completely designed to to be biophilic and having like um different types of plants or vibes or moods or things going on in, within the store how to communicate with people uh, instagram could be a, a a platform for biophilia just looking at all of the visuals mm -hmm. of, of green and people's houses and this plant or uh, cutting or such and um, yeah so that's pretty much what it bakes down into to doing and and with that hypothesis um, uh, you're able to design you're able to create beautiful buildings beautiful buildings that, that breathe that are sustainable mm -hmm. that have low uh, carbon footprint and that all kind of uh, just relates into that one hypothesis so would you say that it is it is part of the whole sustainability zeitgeist that's going on right now thankfully. for sure for sure um and how to be i guess sustainable in terms of um design so not only just being green and architecture is a really great way to see this because uh they they are often using materials that are reclaimed um one building that is really really um i guess infamous or known not infamous that word uh famous um is the etsy building uh in dumbo brooklyn <clears throat> And it has a super low carbon footprint. They have green walls. Um, they have uh, collected rainwater and all of these things that are an office building and, and it changes the environment. So, and as well as the the mindsets of people who work there, um, trying to be more conscious. So, if the whole company is conscious and inside and the headquarters and you know what they're using, who they're sourcing from, it's all mm -hmm. related. It can all be traced back to that one hypothesis. So, since you started. Um did you see like a steady increase in larger companies like coming to you for your services and asking like, hey, how can we you know, build this into or make this part of our design and our, our culture even? Um, yes, um, definitely. When I first started working with like larger companies, I was working with a company, um, but I did see them in my time being there, um, some of the projects they were able to accomplish and I was able to help them uh, with um, were really interesting uh, concepts and buildings and 
from small to large. So it was really cool in how much people wanted to invest in it and expand and, 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 and um, how they were able to work with like different architects. So it's not just like uh, what our design is, but it's like working with the people who design these buildings and how to, um, yeah, create something beautiful, green, productive. Um, but I see it a lot more in retail. Um, I before I even got into plants, I was studying um, visual merchandising and retail design. And so I, you have a was this for fashion? Yes, okay. I yes, yeah, so it was a fashion background. background. Um, but I was always kind of attracted to like the natural things, the nature things. Even though it's like some of my professors are like, yeah, you know, reel it back. But um, now seeing today how many companies are using whether it's artificial or real uh, plants in their store. Um, around their store, in their windows, even on their product shots and, and how it's all being kind of infused. Like most um, stores now, they have like a lifestyle section and it always has plants. They're mm. half dead, but you know. It's <laughs> um, and yeah, and how that's like expanding uh, just not only in design, but also just um, how products are being marketed. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's, nice. it's quite huge. And how did you... Uh, kind of educate yourself on on how, what to even do with your plants like was uh, there someone that you knew <laughs> or did, do you have like a family that's always been like do you have a mom with a green thumb or did um, you just kinda... I actually did not grow up with many plants in my home but my grandmother had a lot of plants um, I never really cared for them much to be honest just plants uh, yeah just plants just plants big messy um, um, but I think I just learned through experience when I I got into plants about six and a half, almost seven years ago, and uh, the plant community on Instagram or Facebook and on the internet was not it was not nearly as huge as it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just learning really through either reading or just failing miserably each and every time. Recipes. <laughs> yeah, recipes for a disaster. Like, okay, mm-hmm. well, maybe this one didn't have a, enough light. Okay, I'm going to buy it again and move it over here. Okay, mm-hmm. it died again. Okay, so no, 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 no. Um, so, yeah, just kind of learning through spending a lot of money, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I was able to progress uh, with making plants a career, um, I was able to learn through horticulturalists and through um, other people who were into plants. Once you get into, like, a job or any kind of, like field with plants you just start to have like these weird conversations with people like yeah you know i was hearing about the ag and (laughs) so yeah it's just kind of going through there and then testing those things out and just kind of like um as well as as kind of like an old um saying like sugar in the water i've tried i've tried it all the old ones all the new ones um i I like my methods but um i think everybody has their own so and you learn as you go okay and at what point did you know that this was something that you want to turn not into just like a hobby but also your kind of like your main gig um i think i knew that after i got my first job um as a plant maintenance person um i was all i really did was go around offices watering and caring for their plants but it was something i enjoyed so much um, and I've never enjoyed anything like that. And I was like, oh, wow, mm. you can, like, work and yeah. like it. It's um, weird. It's like, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, everybody has their ins and outs in politics and such. But um, I, what I was doing, I enjoyed. 
Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this is this is what I want to do because I was working, I uh, had like many internships and, and a couple of jobs within fashion and interiors and, and things like that. But it didn't like it didn't give me joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like at this weird point where okay, like I need to figure out what it is that I want to do for the rest of my life or even for the next five years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's really what kind of like catapulted me into doing that, and then also creating my own niche, mm-hmm. um, not doing what everybody else is doing but kind of doing what i want to do but also what i think is missing yeah. i mean going back to like really finding something that you like to do it's like even even the parts that aren't as fun mm-hmm. become like bearable and mm-hmm. you still do like mm-hmm. don't mind doing them at all because it like allows you to do the, the main thing that right is at the center of those things right know? exactly like you know i love to do this but of course you know accounting and bookkeeping from one company yeah. is not the most fun <laughs> thing but you know it allows me to do you know the thing that i really love to do exactly so, um yeah it's it's definitely a good feeling mm-hmm. once you find that yeah yeah i mean i thought like maybe i could i could keep working for other companies or keep working for other things but entrepreneurship really happened after i moved here to uh, amsterdam um, was it always like in the back of your head? Though? It was always in the back of my head, um, but I guess I just needed a little bit more of a push um, to put myself in a situation where I just like didn't have a choice. I felt for like a long time, and not only just me, I'm sure a lot of also uh, some un- other young people, like I, I-, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't know where to start. So mm. you you look around for other inspiration, other people doing really great, and it's like, okay, well, how do I get there? What do I even do? Um, so my solution to that was to make myself kind of uncomfortable like okay well you either you know sink or swim (laughs) and it it doesn't once you start it really doesn't stop people think like you know they always see these people who've like made it yeah you know online and stuff and they're still going through the same thing because i think that when you own a business Mm -hmm. or at least that's how i'm experiencing it you know so far it's like you always pushing yourself and making yourself uncomfortable because it's how you get to grow exactly and if you don't do that then you're not going to grow exactly like you're just going to stagnate and exactly at that point you could just get a job Mm -hmm. you know get a job yeah yeah work a nine to five have somebody else you know worry about the things about uh, that a business owner has to do so um so yeah that kind of just like pushed me into entrepreneurship i always wanted to do something with plants i was my my goal but i wasn't sure how to get there um and then i got here and i said okay well this why, is what I'm why, gonna do. why Amsterdam? Why Amsterdam? Um, <laughs> uh, well, I was I'm born and raised uh, in Queens, New York. Um, I moved out of my parents' house when I was about 17 to Manhattan. Lived around Harlem for several years, and I lived in Brooklyn and um, New I, York I, City, I, born and bred. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived in several boroughs. I've been there, done that. Um, <clears throat> But at the same time, I was getting like really bored, uh, really uncomfortable, really like stagnant mm-hmm. um, uh, with the kind of like lifestyle that I had. Like I was just like working to live. <laughs> mm. um, so especially with what I wanted to do, it was still so young. It was still like not very common um, in New York. I'm sure like now I, I look at Instagrams I used to follow like way back when. Um, and they're doing like really amazing now. Um, but when I wanted to do it, it was just a little too too immature. Um, so 
fine. I just decided to work. I kept working. I worked in um, a garden center where I got to learn a lot about different types of plants. So that was kind of cool. I enjoyed that. And I was also uh, working as a florist. So it was like mm -hmm. two different things going on, like working six days a week. And um, I just wanted more out of life. Um, so was that really intentional? Was it like, oh, I'm going to get a job and that can teach me something mm -hmm. for later on? Mm -hmm. Yeah, indeed. Um, teach me kind of the skills or like the post-graduation skills that you kind of mm -hmm. need instead of like, you know, I, I had no... It's like graduated from YouTube videos. Right, and, uh, right, right, right. And then, you know, you're supposed to work, walk into your corporate job <laughs> and, and, you know, take over the world. Like, no, it doesn't even work yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I actually, um, I feel like it was all like kind of like a divine intervention kind of thing the past like two years of my life. Um, so while I was still working in, in Brooklyn, um, I met someone on Facebook who needed to interning um, in New York City. And I needed to find a new roommate in my apartment. Um, she was Dutch. Um, and I had just a really good feeling about her. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna invite this total stranger into my house. Um, she lives in a whole other country. She'll be here in like two weeks. Um, and from the moment we met, we just like hit it off. Um, and that was really cool. Uh, she was she, was she from Amsterdam? She's from Almira. Okay. Uh, she's pretty she's close yeah, she's uh, from Suriname, but uh, so she's pretty close. She lives in Amsterdam. Um, and yeah, so uh, she stayed with me. She extended her stay. Uh, she stayed with me for about eight months. Um, and she went back to Amsterdam and she came back, I think twice maybe, or maybe once or twice. And she was like, yeah, yeah, you know, you have to come. You have to come. I'm like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> One day. Yeah, 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 you know, and I'm still like doing my thing like, no, no, no you know, like I got to make it here in New York. Um, and I had that like mindset. Um, and then after a while, I it just kind of faded. And I one night I was sitting in my kitchen and I wrote down a list of all the possible places I could go that I would thrive. Uh, with what I wanted to do. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I didn't know Plant Mom would exist or anything like that. It was more so I want to do something green, uh, eco-friendly and like help people. So it's that big. Um, and I wrote down California, I wrote down Oregon, Portland and, and Washington State and all of these places. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. Um, and then I wrote down Amsterdam. Um, I knew that the Netherlands was pretty green, it's like top sector really. Flat, yeah, but green. flat but very green. Um, <laughs> And I knew someone there. So that was, I guess, the only other thing that I didn't have in any of the places that I wanted to live. And I also, of course, did like lots of research with like- But you've never actually been to Amsterdam. I've before. never been to Amsterdam. Yeah. Same, I've gone to a school <laughs> here and it's like, oh, it's in Amsterdam. Okay. Yeah. And then I just kind of went here and loved it. Yeah, I was gonna actually go to school. Um, that was kind of uh, also what I wanted to do, kind of continue my education uh, with um, uh, some agriculture studies and, and such. Uh, but it, it was like something I wanted to do, but something I wasn't like incredibly passionate about. Um, so when I got here, I decided not to go to school. And that's when it was like, okay, now it's like go time. So I, I'm, I mean, I'm not a citizen, so you can't just like not do <laughs> or just like be here yeah. um so i started looking into all my my potential things i could do visa situations entrepreneurship was 
what I wanted to do, then you know I'm doing something I've never done before. So why why not just go for it? So how does what you got like an entrepreneurship visa? Yeah, it's a special type of visa um, between uh, Amsterdam, not Amsterdam specifically, but the Netherlands and America. It's called the Dutch American Friendship Treaty, oh, wow. um, and it's because of a very special relationship. Be- between the two countries that uh, Americans can come here uh, with if they want to start a business or be a self on a self-employed person whether it's bringing your small business here to the Netherlands or large business to the Netherlands or such and vice versa um, it's easier for Americans to come here which is quite interesting um, I mean not really the current climate of the <laughs> anyway this is your way in yeah come and ask me let's go now you know um, it's definitely not easy. I mean, you definitely, it's not like, you know, you can come here like, yeah, I'm going to work for myself and the whole world's going to be happy. You know, you still go through the trials and tribulations of being an entrepreneur, building a company up in a, in a country where you don't have any, you don't really know anyone. Um, so it Make sounds it even harder for yourself. <laughs> yeah, Let's yeah. Go. Of course, I don't even know anyone. I don't speak the language. You know, I don't even understand how the politics work. Uh, I can't vote. I can't like. I can't really like contribute as much. So how do I uh, prove to uh, the government that I that I'm contributing? Um, so it's it's um, not quite a popular uh, uh, visa, from my understanding. Uh, but I think because of that, you need to really be an entrepreneur or have that kind of spirit. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm sure sustainability is something that they're welcoming here. Oh, of course, so, of course. Um, yeah, it sounds like it's at the very core mm-hmm. of your business. Mm-hmm. Um, how How are you planning to kind of take that to the next step? Um, I'm looking into ways where I can create more influence in terms of what I do being outside of like workshops like how am my my goal is not to do workshops dilly and dally with plants all the time it's fun and it gets people excited but I really want to be able to change people's mindsets about what they bring into their homes and the way that they feel about plants so how do I do that um through workshops through having my products through teaching consciousness through plant care um and that doesn't mean that everybody who who joins my workshops has to buy what i do but it more so kind of opening your mind to what you can potentially do just by buying a plant Mm -hmm. um you know taking it from excuse me my personal experience i bought a plant and now I'm super into even gardening and agriculture and, and composting and things that I would have never done <laughs> if I didn't buy a plant or if I didn't open my mind up to those kinds of things. And I'm not saying that plants are the only way you can do it, but um, I think it's a sustainable way of doing it. It's an inexpensive way of doing it. Um, you can support local businesses. You can create almost like a circular economy sometimes. Um, with uh, some plant stores, they have like a, a plant shelter kind of programs. Uh, so if your plant's not doing well or if it got too large, they'll kind of care for it um, and put it back out if anybody would like to buy that. Um, and, and vice versa, even through like cuttings um, or stecks as, as, as it's set yeah, here. I love that shit. My mom, <laughs> every time I go home, she's like, here's 20 clones. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's super fun. And it's it's it's. <laughs> really easy um you can do it not only with indoor plants but you can do it with outdoor plants um there are different ways to do it and continuously like uh, just recycling or upcycling your plants um i often teach it 
to um, save your plants. So if your plant's not doing well, you can't really save it sometimes, but you can take a little cutting and just like make a new one. Mm. Um, and that's pretty cool. You know, you're not terrible, you're not a failure. I've done it several times. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I think uh, being sustainable is not like, it's definitely the core of my business. Um, I'm not saying I'm the most sustainable company in the world or anything like that, but I think uh, what I'm creating is, is a bridge mm. to to that kind of world and understanding what it is. It's not about like just because a, a company puts sustainable on a brand. Like what is sustainable? Mm. How can you be sustainable yeah. in your own life? Exactly. And I think that it, it's always tricky with sustainability, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, after the whole uh, big corporate scandals mm -hmm. like in the early 2000s and like late 90s, uh, I think there's almost this fear of saying like, oh, I'm sustainable, mm -hmm. even though you know you're not fully, but you're really trying hard, mm -hmm. but you're still saying like, oh, okay, I don't want to get into like a scandal where someone investigates my company. It's like, right. oh, you know, like you're not 100% right. sustainable, but it's kind of a, the thing is you can't really be 100% mm -hmm. sustainable. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not, you can try, you can almost get there, but there's always going to be some aspects of your business of that aren't fully sustainable and of that's course. okay. But I think as long as it you make it part of your mm -hmm. core values of your company, mm -hmm. you work towards that and you're conscious about sustainability, mm -hmm. then it's already so much better than not thinking about it. not thinking all. about it at all. And and that's also true um, in, in, in saying that um, just because, you know, I, I have a fertilizer doesn't mean you, you can't use your compost. Like, yes, you can use your compost, but that's not everybody has access to a compost bin or Bokashi mm -hmm. bin or yeah. even, you Especially know, yeah, it's yeah. like, there's not even, you know, there's a lot of things that aren't practical for a normal person. Um, but just being just, I find that even just from plants, um, of course, it's a trend of what's happening and, and I want to save the planet or try, you know, um, uh, having my plants or just being around them makes me like I'm just so much more conscious about the, my plastic weight use or mm -hmm. the way that I use my plastics or sure. um, collecting rainwater for my plants. It's really good for your plants and yeah. super easy because uh, it's the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just put a bucket outside. <laughs> it rains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it, it rains a lot. Um, so it's really fun and and i even yeah i teach that in my in my workshops about rainwater um just so you can kind of just like get a taste of what it's of, of what this life can be um and, and work to that and at your own pace mm -hmm. you know it's not you know be a vegan but wear leather shoes kind of thing i'm not yeah. that kind of you know yeah. <laughs> that's the thing i think a lot of people uh they always think like oh yeah but you know one one person like my behavior is not really going to make a difference mm -hmm. you know like there's mm -hmm. so many people who are not sustainable mm -hmm. Um, but if you know so many people think that way and it really does make a difference like if you can create that demand for uh, less plastic for example yeah. like we've been seeing that trend and now mm -hmm. slowly but surely we're finally getting there and getting big corporations mm -hmm. like supermarkets to ban plastic mm -hmm. and single-use plastic mm -hmm. and things like that mm -hmm. which is great so you know there's finally some pushback yeah and you can finally see some results. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, and a lot of it is really cool is coming from younger people. Um, and of course you have like these large corporations and people who are in charge and doing things wrong for many, many years. But because of these small businesses like mine, like all of these small, tiny um, um, sustainable businesses, whether it's zero waste, whether it's um, uh, sustainable uh, denim, for example, um, all of these are forcing these larger companies to change 
their ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's so important. And even this trend with, uh, with plants, uh, forcing companies, okay, so I need to get bigger, better plants. And eventually you can be even more conscious and get more organic plants, sustainably sourced plants. Yeah. Um, that's and also like I didn't realize exactly. that. Like I was buying plants from the supermarket. Yeah. But now that I think about it, it's like, well, you, I bought them because they were so cheap. Right. But you know why are they so cheap exactly it's like okay well this apple lasts three weeks why is it lasting three weeks or (laughs) you know and the same thing goes for your plants plants um even to this day i I still buy plants and knowing that even some that some of my plants may uh have been treated by horrible pesticides or have been given growth hormones or uh sometimes um they i wouldn't say are meant to fail but uh they're produced uh, in a way that they don't really have a longevity. Um, so oftentimes you're like getting these plants. Sometimes um, I, I, I get plants and it's like soaking wet. And it's like, okay, this is not going to live. I don't know what's, what this plant has been through, where it's coming from. Um, what's really nice here, though, in the Netherlands is that uh, you're a lot closer to the source. Mm-hmm. Um, about 70% of the world's like, flowers and plants are traded here. And a lot of the greenhouses here are growing some of the plants. Um, so I'm when I shop for my workshops, I'm pretty conscious of where it's coming from. I try to find plants that are coming from here in the Netherlands. Um, uh, so it's just like things like that, that that you don't even think about when you're buying your grocery store plants. You should think of like grocery store plants the way you think of like cheap vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, it's treated the same way. Just because yeah. you're not eating it doesn't mean you're not bringing that yeah. into your home. So, That's true. I, yeah. mean, I feel like <laughs> people are more likely to say, okay. I'm going to take that extra step and buy organic vegetables Mm -hmm. because I'm putting that into my body. Mm -hmm. But if you have plants in your home, I mean, they do impact your air quality and all those kind of things. Of course, of course. Um, And also what you're putting in your plants. So if you, you know, you go to the store and you want to feel like a really accomplished plant parent, you know, you get the food and you get this and you get that. Um, You know, where are your pots coming from? Um, is is your fertilizer or is your um, insecticide is that like actually good? Is it good for you? Does it is there a fine print that says keep away from pets? You know, <laughs> um, that's not something I want to spray in my house or use in my home. Um, and yeah, and as far as like air quality, I personally don't know scientifically if if there's any um, uh, studies done that has said that it, it influences it. Um, but when I used to work with plants. One thing I hated was cleaning uh, plants that came from these nurseries um, because they would have like this blue overlay and this blue overlay was just pesticides. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was always like on like birds of paradise or things with like really large leaves. They would come in and st- extremely root bound. Um, and it's fine, like in terms of like their health. But that was like, okay, well, why do I want this? Like, what, why do I want to source from this if all my plants come in with this blue dust? And God forbid we put that on the floor and they're like, what the fuck, what is that? <laughs> you have to explain to so, like a customer, like, well, you know. Um, so that that kind of made me uncomfortable and oftentimes when i i find even here i I do like my own like personal research like where i get my plants from um when i buy small my plants last longer um so not to like you know shoot down the inch town or anything but Mm -hmm. you know it's it's a lot of plants in there (laughs) Mm -hmm. um there's there's not i don't think there's there's a way to actually 
have control over everything. Um, sometimes we, we, when I go to the intratonic, I see things like laying dead in the corner and things like that. So it's just like the quality of caring for your plants are uh, heightened when you shop smaller. Um, you can also learn a lot more about the plants that you're buying, support mm. local businesses um, and initiatives, learn about workshops, learn about the people who are right here in your neighborhood doing really amazing things. Um, so yeah. <laughs> nice. And say someone is just about to start their brand, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, around you know, plants, but it can be fashion, it can mm -hmm. be anything. Um, what can they do in terms of their approach to starting a uh, startup company uh, that that is sustainable like what is what are the things that they should think about from the get-go um you're how do you want to be sustainable like you can have a you know a business that represents a sustainable economy uh, you can have sustainable products you can have like you you have to understand what it is that you want to do and how uh, identify what's wrong with what you want to do because when when creating something sustainable it's not necessarily creating it from scratch but it's more so how to make it better um, so that's like a, an important part so what are you going to make better what do you what do you see that's wrong and how can you change that um, and then I think that's an important place to start in terms of getting there very hard um, you'll learn like of course everyone as an entrepreneur they go in they're like yeah I'm going to change the <laughs> it's gonna be great everyone's gonna agree it's gonna be easy um, and it's not in terms of like uh, like right now um, I think it took me about seven months to find the right suppliers uh, from packaging that are actually up to the standards that I want them to be um, so the patience, patience. <laughs> those with patience finding people who are gonna do the things that you want to do not easy um, because it's cheaper and they make way more money doing way other things yeah. um, for larger corporations or such. Um, so yeah, so those are the, the two two things, I guess, uh, knowing what you want to change and having the patience to do so. Yeah, that's <laughs> some good advice. Right there. Um, yeah, I mean, you were, you were kind of just talking a bit about like, you know, having something that works for you and your own standards. Mm -hmm. um, same kind of goes for success and starting your own company mm -hmm. in a way. Um, what is success in your eyes? I mean, this maybe not so much about sustainability necessarily, but it can be, mm -hmm. but more about like being a business owner. Uh, what is success? Um, I'm still, at, I'm actually at like a crossroad in my life where I'm trying to measure what that is. Um, like, I feel like sometimes I'm not working hard enough or like, uh, it's just the, the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur. Like, yeah, 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 things are really working out. And then you go through two weeks without pay and you're like, this is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is horrible. What am I going to do? Yeah. Um, and and tr trying to, I guess, check some balances right now. Um, I'm able to meet a lot of people. I'm able to get like personal feedback of, from people about what I do and how they think that's cool. And that's a success. It's like I, I'm doing something that people generally enjoy just from hearing about it. Okay, success. Um, after a workshop, people enjoy that success. Um, but overall, um, I think there's no like general way to to measure mm -hmm. that i think it's just like the small successes the small things um so yeah <laughs> yeah i mean 
I was I have these conversations all the time and especially in the creative industry it's a bit more success is a bit more defined mm -hmm. by other things than just money mm -hmm. you know I mean a lot of times when people hear entrepreneurship or at least tradition they're like oh you know you want to make a company raise money sell it you know do an exit strategy and then yeah. make like your millions and then retire at <laughs> 35 yeah. uh, but it's I don't know it's it's uh, it's becoming a lot different I feel mm -hmm. like people are focusing more on like just being able to do what they really enjoy and that that's success mm -hmm. and if they maintain a lifestyle that allows them to be happy and where they don't struggle mm -hmm. I think that's kind of like the new bar of success yeah. and then after that you know you can always kind of chase money or something mm -hmm. but at least you kind of feel secure mm -hmm. at least that's kind of what i'm how i'm defining it at this point in time at yeah this point in my yeah my journey as like an aspiring entrepreneur you yeah. know i'm not saying that i am one like this is my first company mm -hmm. so you know, we'll see where it goes but mm -hmm. um if i can finance my lifestyle and do this and not having to you know wake up on or like finish Sunday and, and think about like a oh, fuck tomorrow's Monday like I right. gotta go to the office right. And, right. and do stuff like right. I generally enjoy Mondays mm -hmm. and I think that's that's the way to go yeah definitely um, I mean there are gonna be days where you don't enjoy and that's all a part of it too it's not all like roses mm -hmm. um, but yeah I, I think it's definitely like again just the tiny things mm -hmm. um, being able to network or expand your network is really fun like you push yourself and that's also a success yeah. like being able to push yeah. yourself like oh do i really want to talk or yeah. do i really want and to i think that's <laughs> like that motivation of like self-motivating yourself mm -hmm. and pushing yourself mm -hmm. to do those things even mm -hmm. though you don't have to and you're probably not even going to get paid for it at right. the beginning right it really shows you that this is something that you really want to do right because i mean right. you could also just not do it right you know? Exactly. There are plenty of things you could not do. Um, there are plenty of things you can do, and it's about making time for which whichever is more important. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, how how is Amsterdam compared to New York? Um, it's not. I mean, my lifestyle hasn't really changed. Um, I'm still getting, you know, I'm hustling and doing mm. my thing. So. Um, it's much different in terms of just um, how I connect with people. I'm very used to just like, all right, let's start a conversation. Let's get places. Let's do this. Mm. And here it's like very, like a, not so much a, a pushback, but it's very much so reserved. Um, so that's something that because of my energy, because of my lifestyle, it's, it's not um, very comfortable for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm learning, <laughs> learning to understand that. Um, but it, I don't think it, you can compare the two. Um, I think they're both very special in their own way. Um, a lot of like people who are from here or live here, um, I tell them I'm from New York, they're like, whoa, what are you doing here? And I'm like, whoa, living. <laughs> Just living? <laughs> you know, doing my thing. Um, but uh, yeah, the grass is always greener. Uh, no matter where you go, I'm sure there's plenty of wonderful things i could do in california or back in new york or even new mm -hmm. jersey i don't know about new jersey but um hypothetically uh but yeah so the only thing i would say is similar um the energy is a little similar like not all the time but sometimes it's like wow 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and in terms of like the creative scene, is it a lot different? Uh, I think the creative scene is, is way different. Um, here, because it's so small, of mm -hmm. course, it does influence the way people interact with each other. And the fact that people can interact with each other is really important. Um, the creative scene is so large and so saturated in New York City that it's like, okay, you're an artist. So is everyone else. Right. <laughs> um, and that's not to like uh, shame or, or, or anything like that. If you, if you want to be an artist in New York City, go for it. But just know that there's a very long line. Mm. Um, there's a, a very tall ladder, no matter, not even just in the creative industry, in any industry. Um, this is, is a place where everybody comes, so you have to be prepared for that. Um, but here, uh, it's not. Here, people kind of, you can create your own identity. Mm. Um, you can influence people the way you would like. Um, so that's also kind of cool. And there's like different kinds of cultures and they're very defined. Um, so if you want to go after this specific group of people, mm. it's you can mm. and it can work. And you'll be able to like meet people and meet other artists and, and people with similar or collaborate and, and such like that. So, yeah. And even even not in my own industry, I've been able to collaborate much faster than I would have ever been able to in New York City. Yeah, I mean that's I say it again and again. That's the beauty of Amsterdam. Right? Yeah. it's like a village. It's mm -hmm. tiny. Mm -hmm. You always run into people. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like you're saying, it's because it's so small. People are so much more open mm -hmm. to like be friendly. I mm -hmm. think that's what it is. Is because people talk and right. it's like it's living like, in a small town like yeah everyone knows everybody exactly. like why so if you're being an asshole like you're people gonna, gonna know yeah. exactly. <laughs> everyone's gonna be you're gonna be at that party seeing the same people like yeah that's the asshole yeah exactly <laughs> remember that story i told you about that asshole that's it yeah. <laughs> um so yeah it's um i i like that though i it's working for me um and i'm enjoying it uh yeah <laughs> are you thinking of doing maybe like totally kind of stepping outside of the plant world and trying to incorporate what you're doing with plants into like other you know um creative yes fields. yes um now that uh plants or plant care is now like my job i've been i don't have as much time but i'm making more time for more creative things um i used to want to put all of this like creative energy into like different workshops but at the end of the day people are very simple in what they want um so with my own projects and using what I know from my plants and, and upcycling uh, different types of things, I'm able to create uh, different, um, I don't even know what to call them really. I just make, I, I make, I upcycle some um, vases mm -hmm. and some really beautiful vases at different stores. And um, I put cuttings in them and I mix them with uh, algae balls and I'm putting like lights in them a little bit. And it's, it's, it's coming off really cool um and i'm enjoying the process mm -hmm. so i i don't say i wouldn't say that i would be a botanical artist or anything like that but at least i have something that i'm starting to enjoy again mm -hmm. um and maybe one day other people can enjoy it too uh, nice. yeah <laughs> and in terms of collaborations like are you looking to collaborate maybe with plant mom and uh 
like a fashion brand i would like love to it would be it would be kind of like a dream of mine i think stores uh because of my retail and, and fashion background i understand identity when it comes to a retail brand mm-hmm. um and it's not only like the lighting or the floors or the fixtures it's really like everything inside of your store so now that there's a huge trend of um plant friendliness almost every store in Amsterdam has a plant or two in them um why not uh kind of explore like plant identity you know having when you make more stores or, or pop up with more stores it's not all of these just like random plants all all gathered together you're actually using these plants in your brand and how like people can remember you based on a plant mm. um like there's one store i've never even been inside a store i only wrote, wrote my bike pass and it has this huge dumb cane and i'm like wow not only is that a statement but that's like a place like, yeah, 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 that store with the big plant, you know, like mm-hmm. it can be something that like uh, can can grasp on or grasp people. Um, so, yeah, just kind of creating like a plant identity. Um, it's a research that I've been toying with a bit, but it would be nice okay. to try well, it out on the fashion if brand. If anyone that sees this wants to uh, incorporate plants <laughs> Plant identity, brand. you know, not only the type of plants, uh, the color, the variety, the pots that you put it in, mm-hmm. substrates, all of these things can really uh, elevate your store and tastefully. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> Do you have any tips for us on how to care for our plants? Um... Can I curse? Yeah, everyone just just chill the fuck out. Like uh that's just my biggest advice. Chill out. Um plants are older than us. They have been around longer than us. They know how to live better than we do. Um so the more pressure, the more like pressure that we put on ourselves to take care of them, they'll they'll feel that energy too. Um, kill a plant, keep it alive. You know, either way, just what did you learn from that? Uh, mm-hmm. Did you overwater it? Shit. Uh, did you underwater it? Shit. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, you want to just find that happy medium and, and just enjoy the process. If you want to be a plant mom, you're gonna kill a lot of plants. It's a sad truth. It's a sad truth. It's you're gonna kill. Mom. I have. Uh, I counted the other day. I think I have 127 plants in my home now. Um, and yeah. I haven't even been here a year. I'm going out of my mind. Um, and yeah, I kill. Pl- I still kill plants. I, I had this plant for like six months, and I just forgot one weekend to water it. Done. It's like damn. <laughs> That's too bad. But it happens. It happens. Yeah. Better plants than babies, right? Yeah, exactly. What if we out here killing babies? You can't be out here killing babies. Cats or cats, you know. I'd be crazy. Yeah. Kill plants, <laughs> not babies. <laughs> oh, controversial. All right. Um, do you want to let our listeners know about anything you got going on right now? Um, so I'm really focused on getting some marketing done for Plant Mom products. I am in a store in the Utrecht uh, called Dan's. Um, I am selling online and I'll be popping up at several markets uh, throughout the summer. Um, one this weekend um, that you can find about online and such at theplantedmom.com, uh, as well as the Maker Market in Holland um, and the end of July and such. So you can learn a little bit more about like what my products are, uh, how they're sustainable, and how, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, leave it at that. Thanks for coming.
And if you got some value out of that, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you're watching. And until next time. Until next time. Thank you. Yeah.